on this episode of AV Week, Infocom 2020 has been canceled, what that means for the industry. Also, Avixa continues to look at the impact and what happens when you can't get on job sites. And NEC and Sharp create a brand new venture. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 450, recorded Friday, March 3rd, 2020. Out like a rocket. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. And by Christy Digital. And by Vadio, makers of the new NDI professional broadcast camera, the RoboShot 30E NDI. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host, safely, socially safely distancing myself from my four, three guests, and uh, producer Mitchell, who is in the background, uh, who has, just for the record, uh, been editing uh, and producing from home for the last two or three weeks, uh, as, as at least the state of Illinois uh, practices social distancing and stay in place. So with me to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week, we will start with ladies first. Melissa Dillman joins us uh, from Starin Marketing. Welcome, ma'am. Hello, sir. Uh, also with us uh, is my buddy Brad Grimes, uh, who is the former um, editor of Pro AV Magazine from about nine years ago. <laughs> also <laughs> done a lot of stuff between now and then, but he's still a diehard Cubs fan. God love you, dude. Thanks for having me, and thanks for not taking any shots at the Cubs. There is nothing to shoot at. There's, there, we're not. That's nobody's true. doing anything. Cubs. My, uh, my former mm-hmm. employer, KMOX here in St. Louis, they uh, did a very nice uh, social. Uh, thing I'll talk about in a second as, as baseball did not start this week. But last but not least, Mr. George Tucker, just north of uh, the good city of New York in the Yonkers. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Good. Glad to be on. Uh, so, so uh, KMOX, baseball didn't start this week. Lots of people said uh, they did a, a nice social thing here in St. Louis where they, it was, it was homebound home opening, right? That was, I think that was the, the hashtag and everybody grilled bratwurst and has, some people had, you know, Budweiser products because that's mm-hmm. St. Louis. Uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning, it was, it was kind of a neat thing. So, uh, Before we get started, guys, I, I want to mention something that this is kind of ramped up really quickly uh, the last couple of weeks for us. We're doing two virtual business conferences, and I'm calling them business conferences because most of the content is going to help you with your business. There is certainly some technical uh, uh, um, content and education as well. So the first one happens this Tuesday and Wednesday, the 7th and 8th of April. That is for the residential dealers. Uh, we're partnering with Cedia and a bunch of really great folks, including uh, Z-Wave Alliance and Control4 and Snap AV and Crestron and Surgex and, 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 and Hunter Douglas is joining us. Uh, Jeremy Burkhart from uh, uh, Origin Acoustics is doing a, a keynote. So you register for that uh, on our website front page. Uh, and then the following week, um, you will have a, uh, another one that is the, for the commercial side of the AV industry that's happening the 14th and 15th. Uh, two of the uh, keynotes that we can tell you about right now. Uh, one is the CEO of Avixa. Mr. Dave Labuskas will kick off the, the event on the 14th. And then uh, right after that, the 15th, will be kicked off by Mr. Randy Klein, CEO uh, of and president of, of Crestron. So 
check those out if you've got time. Uh, we're calling it LFH, Learn From Home While We Work From Home, uh, and I'll kind of help each other out. So speaking of Mr. Lebuskis, the Avixa made a rather significant announcement this week. They canceled Intelcom 2020. Uh, and, you know, in this era of, of COVID-19 and, and coronavirus, this was not a decision that they that they made lightly. Uh, we were we were uh, blessed, and, and uh, Mr. Lebuskus was very kind enough to give us some time. Uh, it will put that link uh, on this episode's page. But uh, he even said he he was very candid uh, and very open about how this was not a decision they made lightly. They made it in, the, in not only in the consideration of the public health officials and the authorities that are bringing up. Um, those concerns, but also uh, their members, right? Uh, the exhibitors, uh, their board, um, all these folks kind of played into it. And, and Dave talks about it, that in his, in his interview. Uh, Melissa, I want to start with you on this. As somebody who has exhibited in the past, Darren has a number of times. Last year, you had, uh, you know, um, you had um, uh, service dogs for uh, veterans. You guys did that last puppies. year. Puppies. Yeah, pu pu puppies. Yes, but, um, <laughs> But you know, you guys have done some really interesting things, uh, both from a, a giving back standpoint, but also your 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 booths tend to be rather uh, interesting and and unique. What does this this um, this cancellation today, this week, right? So we're roughly two and a half months out, way before let's say NAB, which NAB was about three to four weeks out. What does this say to us uh, as the industry, but also what does it mean going forward? as the bulk of us that, that do these things and, and, and cover these for a living, look to, I guess, beyond June and, and what, what do we expect? So, you know, I, it's a great question. You know, we're, we're building the playbook day by day right now. Um, we've never been in this environment, in this situation. So I think the decision to obviously cancel the show was, was a brilliant one. Um, given the, the Olympics and sort of the state of, of everything we're in right now. So I think that that had to be done. The scramble now will be, what can we do? Um, how do you look in that crystal ball and predict what we can do in the future and try to fill those gaps? I think the need's still there. It's just gonna come at a different delivery mechanism or a different way for all of us. You said the need is still there. What is that need? That need of the education, of that camaraderie, the socialization of the industry, the announcement of new products, um, you know, that opportunity at one sweep to be able to gather a lot of knowledge. Um, I think that's desperately needed. You know, we count on it. So if you didn't go to ISE, which was right at the beginning of this virus, right, um, if you didn't go there, you're looking at over a year and a half, what, year and a half before that opportunity in the U.S. is presented again. Yeah. So. Uh, Mr. Tucker, you have been on various sides of, of this uh, exhibitor uh, of this show. Uh, you worked for a number of years with one of the largest exhibitors. You've, you've also, with your current job, uh, exhibited the last couple of years. You've hung out with me, God love you, uh, for a couple of those years as well as we covered this. What does this mean uh, to the industry, but also to the folks that, that look forward to June as one of their launching points for products? Yeah, it's an interesting question because what do we do from this point forward? And a lot of the questions, even in the media about general stuff has been, where do we go from now? Mm -hmm. I, I work now in the live event industries. I have sort of a few various iterations in my career done that. But 
where do we go from now? Do these things come back? And we're, I'm not really sure where we go from there. I mean, I, I miss it, and I miss that we're not going to have this thing in Vegas, although I don't like Vegas. <laughs> but, you know, have that socially. But, you know, that, that, that in there is a point of, of I go because I really want to be with my associates and all those people in this industry, even to a city that I really don't like. And how do we come back from this where we can trust to be together in such large numbers? And when do we allow that to happen and will we replace it with the virtual stuff you know i mean i know many many years ago remember we used to have the virtual trade shows the magazines mm -hmm. did it i'm sure brad remembers and the ce pro did something many years ago in the 90s and the early 2000s but they're still not a replacement for being together and having that sort of camaraderie and i don't know when we're going to get back to that and it's it's a real question because everything's in question when do we get back to normal? And I don't know the answer to that yet. No, none of us do. That's the thing is, is yeah. that's the one thing is, is, is one of the biggest fears I think right now is the fear of the unknown. Um, you know, George right now has, is, <clears throat> is technically I think furloughed or, or laid off is the, is the technical term. Um, and, and legally, and, I, and George, you can correct me on this. I'm, I'm not sure mm -hmm. depending on the state and stuff like that, there are ramifications on, on how they say it. Uh, but there are a number of folks out there that are in George's shoes right? That are, you know, they're out of work because there isn't any work um, because they can't get into places. Um, and so we're, um, as a community, as an industry, need to support those folks as well as, as you know, help them uh, strengthen their, their skills, strengthen their network, right? This is a good time for that. Um, Mr. Grimes, um, you did work at one point in your uh, illustrious career. You did work for Avixa. Um, what does this mean? And again, I want to highlight the fact that you don't work for them anymore. You don't speak for them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we got the official word on Monday from Mr. Labuska, so that is the one we'll take. But you've been in this industry a long time, bud. Uh, and, and what does this say, uh, both about the, the kind of the exclamation point of the seriousness of this disease and this, this crisis, but also what does it say to the industry? Yeah, well, 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 like you said, I've, I've spent many years um, with those folks. I uh, spent many years with Dave. Um, I listened to your podcast with him, and you know that was the guy that I knew. I mean, it was it was heartfelt. Um, I know that they worked really, really hard to make this decision. They looked at it at a, at a million different angles um, and really tried to do what was best for everybody. Um, what it means long term, I'm I'm optimistic that. Um, that this doesn't mean the end of the, the uh, infocoms i've been in technology going to technology shows since i you know got out of college various infocom was always my favorite one it was just it was it was different felt different um the people were different the solutions were different um it was very uh collegial um i don't believe that's going to go away i mean there will be a time where we'll all get back together again and we, we will do it again and we'll we may do it differently. We may, uh, you know, sessions may be different, but it'll, you can't, you can't replace. I think what Melissa was talking about is this, this in-person education, um, which I know she's been part of for, for years and um, this just networking and, and sharing war stories and actually seeing things. Uh, short term, I, I believe there will be solutions and we, we, we will figure out a way to best learn from each other um, the way that so many other industries are trying to learn from each other and stay connected right now, which is, which is virtually. Yeah. So there will be, there will be ways of, of getting it done, but 
um, it's not just this industry, but lots of things will, will change and it will take a little while to get back to what we might consider normal. But um, short term, I know that that group over there is working around the clock to figure out the best ways of getting the education. I saw the numbers now of, uh, I mean, people are breaking the system, trying to log in and get free Avixa courses online. Um, and I know they're working hard to, to make sure that people can get uh, up to speed on things so that there's really no downtime. I mean, I believe that once this turns a corner, it's going to turn the corner, uh, turn a corner fast. Um, and there will be great demand for what this industry does. Um, in the meantime, you know, let's take care of each other and, and brush up on what we need to brush up on. Yeah, absolutely. Good, 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 good words there. Uh, and just for the record, Infocom was actually where I met all three of you for the first time. Mr. Tucker and I was in Vegas, good Lord, nine years ago now, eight years <laughs> ago now. Uh, and Melissa was 10, 15 years ago. She was one of the first courses I ever took. And I'm not going to. That can't be true. <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> Obviously, okay. you're confused. I am confused. It was somebody else that was, was yes. that was. That was bemoaning the evils of HDMI. <laughs> that was. All right. <laughs> Speaking of the predicament that we're all in, uh, AV revenues, uh, site access is under pressure globally as the is, VIXA continues to do these wonderful surveys. Uh, Sean Wargo, who joined, uh, Sean has an interesting story. Uh, if you ever meet him, he joined the week that VIXA changed from Infocom to VIXA. <laughs> uh, I don't actually, and Brad could probably tell me this, I don't think they ever actually gave him Infocom business card. They just said. I do not believe it's true. I believe yeah. he accepted it as Infocom and he showed up as a Vixa. Yeah. Uh, so, but he's been doing a really great job. Uh, honestly, just, you know, getting the temperature of where we are. Uh, one of the things is trying to get into, um, you know, getting into sites, right? And one of the things that, that he finds out, finds out in this latest uh, intelligence report um, is that the end users, that 83% of AV end users said their companies have felt a negative impact uh, from the coronavirus ep epidemic, ob obviously pandemic, uh, but they're also shutting down uh, site access. Uh, Mr. Tucker, you're in the heart of probably one of the most locked down cities in the, in the country. Um, I talked with a couple of residential dealers this week that service that, that area and, and they're not doing anything. Uh, in fact, they're, they're, they're doing a course for, for us, for, for our virtual conference, uh, Todd Buma and uh, Mark Feinberg. So what does it do and how do dealers deal with this? If they can't get into sites, they can't get into the places where they need to do business. What does that do? And how do they handle that? Well, you don't, we're shut down. I mean, literally I have a number of companies in which I do either consulting work with or directly work with where you're not doing anything. Whether it's event staging or Broadway or tours, there is nothing and you can't even get access to the houses. I mean, there was a time when we said, hey, maybe we can go in and do this while you're in downtime and you can't do it. You know what I mean? I mean I'm somebody who traveled once a week from, you know, on the last two years. I was in a new city every week and I was willing to do it and be able to, you know, sort of, you know, mitigate those, those chances and, and, and do it, but you can't get in. So I know lots of guys who can't, I know lots of resi guys. I have, I'm friends with some lower level resi guys who do both, you know, construction contracting and some of the, you know, infrastructure stuff and they can't get into residential houses. They, nobody wants you in their house. Nobody wants you there. And all you can do is sort of reach out and say, Hey, how you doing? 
when we get back, do you have questions? Can we do a Zoom meeting and get that rolling in the hopes that come May or June, we're going to just go gangbusters and everyone's going to pull over time and we're going to be just, you know, going nuts, getting ready. And then by the time that's all done and the tours and the Broadway shows finally come back, you know, we've, we will have done a lot of business and we've set up, but you can't, I, it, there's just no access. I mean, think about this. Would you let the Amazon delivery guy in your house? I mean, who knows? I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're looking funny at people in the supermarkets, for God's sakes. I mean, it's like, you know, you walk around going, it's really crowded in the supermarket. I shouldn't be here, you know. And that's with three people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's interesting. So in talking with, and again, the, the, one thing that, that this has illustrated, I think, to the rest of the, of, of the world is how massive the U.S. is mm. in talking to people. Because, again, Georgia's in New York. They're completely shut down. I, I, I tell people I live in St. Louis. I live on the Illinois side of St. Louis. Okay. Uh, if you, if you look, there's a little crook there, a uh, little itty bitty town called Alton, uh, home of fast studies, which, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just a little roadside bar. Um, but I live on the Illinois side. So as, as this is, this bi-state area has, has evolved, uh, through this crisis, Illinois has been more aggressive. Missouri still doesn't have a stay in place order. Hmm. So there are dealers over there who are on job sites all day, every day, every week. Uh, our buddy, Joe, uh, um, uh, Jeremy Caldera, who was on the show last week, he was in Chicago. There is a stay-in-place order. They were doing, they're doing work for, for a client. Um, he's the only one from his company, and they're only letting one person in a room at a time, right? And they are mandating for, for uh, masks. Brad, when, when you either have lockdown or limited access, what, what are dealers to do? <laughs> uh there's i mean some are some are trying to report, uh, support their clients as best they can remotely um yeah no i've been i've been watching what sean's been doing with these uh these impact surveys uh he just they just put up a, another one uh today um what strikes me is how rapidly this has changed from location to location i mean the you know just a few weeks ago a lot of dealers were saying okay we're they are being invited in i mean some things were you know let's let's get some stuff let's fast track some stuff let's get some stuff that's on the books you know finished while we still can and you know here we are whatever two three weeks later and the door is just shutting on so many things um it's you know I've I've talked to some some integrators who have pivoted who have been pivoting to AV as a service type models, um, and not that that means that they get greater access to anything, but they're in a position now once this does start to turn to start to offer things in new ways to a lot of these these clients who see these situations and are start will be starting to think about technology solutions in terms of continuity of operations and how they keep themselves going. And uh, so it might change some, some business models going forward. And I think that that's what, an, th there is an opportunity here to look at business models and figure out what you can be offering and how you can be offering it. Uh, you know, to say that this is going to happen again, or that we could have seen this coming, or that, you know, this is just such uncharted territories that it's hard, it's hard to first, third or second guess what we're doing here. But um but it's just been so rapid and uh, they clearly need to operate within the bounds of what their jurisdictions will allow. Um, but I do, I, I do hear a lot of them, you know, trying to figure out ways of supporting their clients, but you know, as, as the market intelligence team over at Avixa is finding, I mean, this is going to, this is hitting fast and hard and, and will, and hopefully it'll turn around. 
Melissa, one of the things that came out of this, uh, and I want to say it was CE Pro that, that broke the story originally, is the fact that um, AV folks, uh, AV technicians and AV companies have been deemed essential, right, by, by the vets. Uh, they are communication experts. So, you know, we, we talk about the regionalization of, of, of the states here. And yes, there are 50 uh, independent states and they, they all kind of make their own decisions and their own rules sometimes, uh, especially when it comes to this. That's a decision that's been made currently by the federal government. There are some uh, in the task force, I believe, that are trying to, to push the, the government to make a national stay in place. That still has not happened as of 1.30 uh, Central Time on, on the 3rd of April. Good Lord, I've, I've not time-stamped this show more, I don't think, in the last, in, in, except in the last month. Um, but, but what do folks do? I mean, what do folks do when either you're, you're reducing um, headcount because there's no work, uh, or if you have the resources to pay them while there's no work, what do you have them do? You know, um, I'm fortunate enough that we have obviously very strong ties to Zoom. And it's a little company, if you haven't heard of it, um, <laughs> who, who seems to be filling that essential communications component right now. So, you know, for my network of folks, they're still hanging in there. They're supporting Zoom. Um, there's a lot of government work that is taking place still. In fact, I just shipped a large project into New York City this week. So there's still activity. It seems to be mostly in the central states at this point. They seem to still be um, doing some business. Coastal states, not so much. Uh, as they get tighter on their lockdowns, I had guys doing installs in Atlanta last week. So, you know, um, but all of it seems to be tied very closely to the unified communications platform. Not seeing as many video walls go up right now, but unified communications, and if you think about it, I mean, it is a critical part of the infrastructure. If we can't communicate, if our schools can't communicate and, and our people can't communicate, we're doing a lot of healthcare, a lot of healthcare projects that were yeah, on the back burner, they were gonna get to them this year, all of a sudden they were ready to be installed right now and you know for obvious reasons so we're seeing a lot of that um i think we'll see a lot of education once this sorts out a little bit so being prepared fill in the pipeline being prepared to support those market spaces even if it's not one that you're familiar with take the time get familiar with it um healthcare, house of worship and education government will be your mainstays as this comes back online, mm. in my humble opinion. Well, and here, real quick, before we move on to this, um, one, George and I were talking this week about, about just the situation we're all in. And, and George, I'm, I'm going to say what you, what you said, and you could elaborate mm -hmm. on this. The one thing that, that is, gives kind of George and, and I hope, and, and hopefully you, you hope as you're watching this and listening to this, this is not 08 right? This is not a, a bank or a fault of the economy. The economy and the Dow and all that, it's crashing because nobody's working, <laughs> right? right? Uh, it's crashing because there's no work getting done. Once we all kind of are let out of our houses, it's a very good chance and a very good possibility. And in my humble opinion, Melissa, we will go out of this like a rocket. Mm -hmm. It may be a little slower to start up. I think it's going to, I think we've all came out in lockdown in phases. I wonder if it won't be a little bit slower and a little more 
Um, you know, people are going to be cautious coming out, but once it starts ramping, um, I think we get really busy. I think the government is going to step in and provide some of that net must have funding to kickstart, which is why I say education and, um, you know, government work will be the first they get the money quickest. So, yeah, I think there's opportunity. There's hope. Take this time, learn about those market segments if they're not in your belt right now. You know, to that point, those are important markets, but if you're going to generate real revenue, and I don't mean to be biased here, like the New Yorker cover, if you don't have the coastal cities that generate the majority of those incomes, you know, the financing, you're not going to have a recovery. And that's really, I think, the telltale. Once New York and Los Angeles and those coastal cities, as, as you put it, Tim, come back online full force with the arts, with the stuff that supports that, that's where you'll see something happen. Because if you have a city like New York and you don't have restaurants, you don't have events, and you don't have spaces, you're not going to generate any income. It's just not going to happen, right? I mean, what is New York, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas's attraction is that you have attractions plus you have business coming there to do something. Yep. And that's where it will recover will happen. Now, government work in Washington, in the middle states, in the farm country where there's, you know, as some of the governors have said, less people, more cows, less people. They'll come back. But if you want this work to happen, it's going to have to happen on those coastal cities. And that's the lag that I see happening. Like, I don't think that the live events, Broadway, theatrical world will come back to at least September. Let's just, you know, best scenario, June is where we come back. But they won't open those venues till probably July. And then you've got August. And then we worry about the recurrence of the fall virus that they're worried about, the second wave or the third wave, whatever you want to call it. And do you shut those down or do we manage that? And if they can get through that, then the tours will start. And then you'll see the tours like Broadway and music and cafes. That's when bands, you know, so all that stuff has to be in motion before any of this comes back. And that's sort of my main concern where, yes, you can go into a house and start to finish that houses or that corporate telecom or that, you know, Zoom meeting huddle room thing. But until you generate that activity, nothing's coming back into those places. And that's the major economic engine. And that's a concern. Uh, final story here, guys. It has nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> Just want to put that out there. Nothing to do with the coronavirus. Um, I'm going to say it came out of left field, just like the coronavirus. Though. Um, NEC and Sharp are entering into an agreement into a joint venture uh, by combining NEC Display Solutions, uh, a subsidiary of NEC, with Sharp. Now, um, I, I, I do appreciate corporations and companies and, and keeping everybody um, abreast here, but um, Sharp is taking a 66% stake in this joint venture. NEC is 34%. Um, I'm from the Midwest and I'm pretty simple. Uh, that to me means that Sharp is buying NEC. I could be totally off on this and I know that words matter and that you know uh, there are legal definitions of a buyout and a merger and all that jazz. But Sharp has 64%, okay? Just going to put that out there. Um, Sharp a couple of years ago was was on the on the ropes. Uh, Foxconn bought them, uh, and they have, have had an, an interesting resurgence. 
Brad, we'll start with you on this. What does this mean for display? What does this mean for, for projector? And what does it mean for both NEC and Sharp uh, as brands going forward? Well, I'll have to dig in farther, further, but I, 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 got, I got the feeling that they weren't taking, it wasn't all of NEC that was merging with, with, no, no, with just Sharp. the displays. Yeah. Right, just, just, the, the, just the displays uh, right. portion. Um, what does it mean? I, 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 I'm no expert on, on, on any of this, but I believe this is probably, you know, a wise and necessary move. It's a, it's a very competitive field. You, you, you don't make a, a ton of money producing and selling displays these days. You, you, you just, you just don't. So, um, there need to be, um, you know, companies working together on things like this and maybe when they come out and they'll bring the best ideas from both and uh, they'll redefine themselves as, as solution providers and not just display makers or, or whatever it happens to be. Um, Cause I, we, we, I do hear that from other display manufacturers that, you know, they're, they're trying to um, solve more of their customers problems than, than just sell them, sell them displays. And, you know, that's probably the way that a lot of the segments of the, the industry need to go. So, you know, this is a, it's, it's probably a necessary move. It's probably a good move and hopefully the economies of scale will benefit the uh, combined company. Yeah. Melissa, Brad mentioned the economy of scale that is also in the, in the release itself as they both head down the 8k and 5g uh, road. Um, I don't need to hear from Josh Schrago because I said the word 5G <laughs> who is all kinds of on that one. Um, but, but yeah, is, is that, does that make sense as they both kind of ramp up into the, to the next generation of, of both resolution and transmission? Yeah, I think, you know, it's mergers and acquisition season. And uh, obviously some of this economic setback is going to even make that go on further. I think Sharp has the, manufacturing the glass the you know they've they've been very proficient in that for a long time um so nec will benefit from that if they can you know again if they can cut down on some of those costs produce the best of the best out of both of them that's probably where they're headed my question is is it going to be called shark neck or (laughs) (laughs) i'm just asking for a friend Sharp owns sixty four percent. It will be called sharp. sharp. First. I sharp it will be called neck. sharp. Sharp. Neck. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mr. Tucky, you'll have the last word on this. What does this hmm. mean uh, for both and also for for that space? Well, it means that the advertising and display industry is probably going through a moment where it shows that revenue can't be sustained with all the players, hmm. and you've got to, as as Melissa said, mergers and acquisitions. As Brad said, it, it shows that we're at a maturity point where you've got to make real profits. Let's combine our forces and whatever that means we have to do. You know what I mean? So NEC, they don't own, like, like you just said, NEC doesn't really, own, uh, Sharp was not going to own all of NEC. They'll only have that part. And that's where we are. I mean, that digital out of home and the display signage stuff, we've reached a critical point prior to any of this stuff happening that you have to be able to merge and make profits and mar- you know maximize those profits in that way so that's really what it means the, the market has to do this all right very good that'll that'll do it for us thank you all so much melissa dillman from Starin. thank you ma'am thank you sir thanks for having me absolutely how do people get a hold of you or Starin? oh you know you can find me melissa.dillman at Starin.biz and melissa dillman on twitter all right very good 
Mr. Grimes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody. Absolutely. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, I'm still on the Twitter with, uh, I frequently forget my handle, but I think it's something like at uh, B Grimes DC. B Grimes DC is exactly it. So um, I believe so, unless, unless you've changed it in the last couple of weeks. Never. <laughs> Never. All right. Uh, Mr. Tucker, last one on that one. Uh, thank you, sir. As always, it's at Tucker Twos, T U E S, on the Twitters. And I hope to see uh, everyone these coming weeks on the, uh, the, the happy hours that we've been having. So oh, look through AVNEAM and Mr. Neto and those, uh, those happy hours. It's really good networking. I, I joined the one on Friday mm. uh, is the one I'll, I'll, I will typically be on. So uh, 6 Eastern, uh, 5 my time. Uh, and uh, last, last week, uh, Chris, uh, Chris had 58 people. On yeah, that happy hour. It was pretty impressive. So it was pretty impressive. Although I will say the one key, please everybody mute your mic until you're talking. Thank you. <laughs> Although he did unmute everybody at once last week. That know. was fantastic. <laughs> Where are y'all from? Everybody at once. So cacophony. Look up cacophony, definition. Yes. There it is. <laughs> cacophony, Pennsylvania. All right. Yeah. Um <laughs> so uh for me uh tim albright uh you know what it, don't still don't follow me on the twitters uh it's just not pretty um I, I misspell things i yeah i get roped into conversations about blues and 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 detroit um history now with with meg uh from um uh, um ninja meg so yeah just don't go by the website lots of really cool people did some really great work on it uh, I was not one of them. Uh, Aviation.tv. That's Aviation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others, including our other weekly program program that looks at the residential side of the AV industry. Also, while you're there, uh, please check out our supporter section. These are folks that help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and all the other stuff that we're doing. Uh, also, as I mentioned at the top, uh, if you are working from home, uh, and you need some education, uh, both from the residential side, which is this week, the 7th and 8th of April. Uh, we've got CDA RUs uh, coming down the pipeline, really great keynotes uh, with people by, like the name of uh, Jeremy uh, Burkhart, Mitch Klein, and uh, Charlie Kendall. So check that out. It is, it is Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday of this coming week. Uh, and then the commercial one will happen the following week, the 14th and 15th of april uh so check that out on our front page of our site so all that and more at avnation.tv that's avnation.tv thanks so much for listening thank you so much for watching that's all the time we have for av week